This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Disney Pixar's Cars. On the way to the biggest race of his life, hotshot rookie race car Lightning McQueen gets stranded in a rundown town and learns that winning isn't everything in life. It's Cars! Philip Phillips. And I'm a guy with a banjo. <laughs> and this is Ear Buddies. Matt, you and I are responsible for a flock, right? An enormous <laughs> group of people whom we cared for deeply. Yes. Shepherds, both of us. That's right. We're generals, but we're shepherds. You know, we, yeah. Military excursions, sure. But even in peacetime, we care about these people. We do. And that is why one of the many services we provide at EarBuddies, Inc., EarBuddies.Army, check it out online, is offering words of caution, trying to signal to the people when a change is nigh. Mm. And how. And that's exactly what we need to do this week because oh you could probably feel it in your hip or your left (laughs) leg your knee or your dog is barking more often seemingly nothing you can feel something is in the air right (laughs) a change is nigh indeed something is happening and it involves suspenders it involves those little newsboy caps and Beard cream. It's it's coming back, man. Stomp, clap, hey, music is coming back. How have things been well loved now that you mention it? My folks still talk, they speak in these two-word sentences. And it's very important that we prepare. That's right. We We need to get out ahead of this. Tim, they say, they say, that a watched pot never boils. Um, but they do say that. But this is a pot that I have been keeping a weather eye on for a long time, and I'm starting to see the bubbles. If I hold my hand over the top of it, I, I can't hold it there for very long anymore mm-hmm. because it's too hot. Yes, it's coming and it's coming quickly. We're, we're at uh, inflection point, if that's the term. <laughs> this music, which you referred to as stomp, clap, hey music, which I think is fair. That was a... Mm-hmm. Someone tweeted that specific term a, yeah, just several a few years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and we all laughed. Um, of course. And sort of piled on. And but, right. but we all know what we're talking about, right? We're talking about... Suspenders and and those newsboys caps. Absolutely, we're talking That's... about mace, mason jars and string lights and barn weddings, oh. Oh. burlap, <laughs> right? Banjos. We are. Somebody playing a tambourine, ha- clapping your hands. Somebody holding a guitar and strumming it with a kick drum in front of him and stomping on it on every beat. Bingo. That's exactly right. That's what we're talking about, and it is vital. This is not just an indulgence here. I'll, you know, I think it, every every good millennial, every real millennial, yeah. has has uh, a maybe more close relationship with this type of music than maybe they even wish. But in this case, this this genre <laughs> took off from, I mean, around two thousand nine ish. I would say to the, I guess the first half, roughly, maybe a bit longer uh, of the 2010s. And we all were there. Yeah. And then it faded away and gave way to new trends. Right. David Guetta got in the way. (laughs) Well, absolutely right. But uh, time is a flat circle. 
Mm-hmm. And and it's coming back uh, once more. You could say that it is back, Matt. Like, uh, we'll talk more about him soon, I guess. But uh, Noah Khan, this guy is uh, sort of everywhere. As you promised me that I was more than all the miles combined, you must have had yourself a change of heart like halfway through the drive because your voice trailed off exactly as you passed my exit sign. Kept on driving straight and left our future to the right. Now I am stuck. He, yes, he's the, the harbinger of, <laughs> of this for sure. He is leading the charge. Mm-hmm. But you're right, buddy. I mean, the, uh, gosh, the mason jars and the, the barn wedding. <laughs> I mean, that was, gosh, it was, um, it was. It really was everywhere at that time, wasn't it? It was. It was the predominant uh, culture, maybe. Yeah, it was the main thing yeah. going on. <laughs> yes. Now, li- okay. Listen. Here's. We've got to set the table a bit, as always, because Tim, I would ask that you put a kind but firm hand on my shoulder here as <laughs> as I launch into this, because I have. Of Many thoughts about this, mostly formed, yeah, but not necessarily all in line. So if I, if I start uh, going off the road, you just, just a gentle tug and a and a of whisper course. in my ear, and and I'll be okay. I've got you, buddy. Thank you. So, what this genre truly is, if we are mm. discussing it academically, is indie folk. Sure. It's it's folk music because it's played with acoustic instruments and mm-hmm. banjos, mandolins, probably uh, tambourines, hand claps, shouted vocals, whatever. Yes, that is close enough to folk that we can call it that. I mean, what else are we going to call it? Right? It's That's not. Right. It's not country. It's not bluegrass. Um, it's yeah. It's, right. Yes. You're right. It's folk and it's indie because I guess it's just not um, Bob Dylan and Woody Guthrie. Also fair enough, because right. really, like the, I'll just say I don't. We don't need to get into this too deeply, but I mean, folk music, the substantive, the lyrical content of sure. it is worlds away from from this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it definitely does take its uh, its heart and soul from folk music. Yeah, that's the right. Those are the overalls that it's wearing. <laughs> that's that's correct. Yes, and of course, also borrowing heavily from the aesthetic of that kind of music. The the balladeers walking about town with their trilbies and their suspenders and um, their I'll say it again. I'm sorry, banjos. Right? It's that's, funny, man. <laughs> like I'm hearing you, and I know you're right. But it's here now in 2024. I just, I have, it's, it's just youth pastor core to me now. It has been so fully, like, co-adopted or co-opted by just, like, praise band guys. Tim, it absolutely has, and I'm, I'm glad that you bring that up, because that is part of, I think, ought to be part of the discussion that we have here. Mm. Because we're not, I want to, it would be hoove us. To, to clarify our terms a little more here, because it's a it's a big umbrella, but it's not that big of an umbrella. This is like yeah, this isn't really like Arcade Fire, the Decemberists, Avid Brothers type of thing. No, right? Like it's it's yeah, in the it, same family, but bro, it's it is a it is a shockingly short list of. <laughs> Of, yeah. <laughs> of bands or dudes or whatever who actually, like, got into the mainstream with this stuff. Yes. Oh, for buddy. As, oh, for buddy. as big of a crater as there is mm. where this music landed. Oh, boy. There's just, there's nothing to show for it except, like, six or seven acts. Buddy. And probably, like, 12 or 13 tunes. Buddy. You're, okay. You are, you're, uh, I'll be right there. Okay. So... <laughs> That right, that because the acts I, I mean, none of these bands would be out of place at a 
Catholic University homecoming party, of course. <laughs> but yeah. we are talking about bands like Mumford yeah, and Sons. Let's do this. American authors. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic <laughs> Zeros. Of Monsters and Men. The Lumineers. Vance Joy. <laughs> the Head and the Heart. Philip Phillips. And Is that's that it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's the comprehensive list. Buddy, okay, and that's that it is. Okay, it is. And and saying this now, each of them kinda had one song <laughs> that got played to death. And we, yeah, we, we look at the crater, the impact that it left, yeah. Yeah. and we and we have our thoughts, which we will discuss. But, oh, yeah. but what I want to, uh, this is just so when this thing hit, man, it hit like a meteor. Yes. It hit in a way. That was, I, I believed at the time and still believe, unprecedented. Because, like, we're, if we're talking about other sort of uh, generation-defining or, yeah, uh, yeah generation-defining uh, kinds of music, we have, like, pop punk. But that came from a mm. place, right? That came mm. from... Mm-hmm. Uh, pop and punk and rock and it's like oh, it wasn't it wasn't impossible to see it coming right yeah and yeah, also but, oh. using pop punk as an example like that happened um, sort of earlier for mm-hmm. the the millennials but yes but in 2009 Mumford and Sons came out with Sigh No More their album their debut album Little Lion Man. Weep for yourself, man. You'll never be what is in your heart. Exactly. That's the one I was talking about. <laughs> Little Lion Man. Uh, the Cave. Um, I remember where I was. It, truly. I was I was in the southeast corner of my high school gymnasium <laughs> when someone told me, have you heard Mumford and Sons yet? You've got to hear Mumford and Sons. <laughs> Someone who I, someone whom I really respected, uh, as far as like musical taste went. I said, okay, yeah, I, I do need to hear this stuff. And it, you know, there was before that, and then there was after that in my life. <laughs> Weep for yourself, my man. You'll never be what is in your heart. Weep, little lion, man. You're not as brave as you were at the start. It was enormous. It was like, I don't, I, it's easy. And again, I also want to get to this, but it's easy now with the benefit of time and age to uh, dismiss this as a, uh, a fluke or a, a little dalliance that we had. But no, let us no. remember that this was the main thing that existed, right? Yeah. Because after Mumford, we have uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. They come out with their song, Home, that was everywhere. Yes. The Lumineers, in 2012, came out with their album, and we have, uh, what is it, Ho Hey or Hey Ho, I forget the order. Ho Hey, yeah, you're Ho right. Hey. Yep. Uh, a classic, stomp, clap, absolutely, and hey. <laughs> I've been trying to do it right. I've been living a lonely life. I've been sleeping here instead. I've been sleeping in my bed. Gosh, I mean, I know, I know, like, I think, I think we would have to give the trophy to Mumford and Sons for, like, most commercial success and maybe, like, the, you know, sort of the original harbinger of this style of mm, music. Yes. Um, but is there a song that more, like, succinctly distills sort of the stereotype of what this music is than Ho Hey? By the Lumineers, I, I, it's just—I mean, that's the one. That's it's too, yeah, it's too much. It's the—it's down to the name of the damn song. There's—it's just too much. And like to to further drive my point home here, we've—I mean, a long time ago, Tim, we talked about um, American Idol, <laughs> and yeah, 
And we had a lot of incredible thoughts and insights, of course. <laughs> but what I need to just say here, and I, what I need everyone to remember, mm-hmm. is that Philip Phillips won American Idol in 2012. Now, that <sighs> year matters quite a bit. Yeah. And everybody, everyone gets what they call a coronation song. That's right. In America, or at least they used to. Who knows what they're doing now? <laughs> Doesn't, yeah, it's the and, Wild West at this point. And his was also, fascinatingly, called Home. The biggest, mm-hmm. the best-selling song in American Idol history. Wow, is that true? It is. In Gosh. 2012. And, and before you... Now, just wait a minute, Tim, because I know you've got that needle ready to drop. <laughs> I, I do. Okay. His debut album was uh-huh. also released in 2012. Uh, Home was the lead single. And then, if you yep. remember, another song called Gone, Gone, Gone. Of course. And now, if you remember, there was another famous indie folk band called One Direction. Well, Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Slow um, down. Now, hang, okay, do you remember what they released in 2013? Wait. A little tune called Story of My Life. Oh. No! And Tim, what I would like you what I'd like you to do, if you would, is play the <laughs> the intro, the first few seconds of Home by Philip Phillips, Gone 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 by Philip <laughs> Phillips and Story of My Life by One Direction. I love when you step up to the dj table here buddy (laughs) (laughs) you got it coming right up (laughs) okay okay i i remember i remember probably the same year maybe the year after GarageBand, Apple released a GarageBand app for the iPhone where you could just like choose a chord and tell and that's a the pattern. fake guitar to play one of like three patterns. And that's one of them. And that was like the first time. It is. Tim, <laughs> yes. That is, that is a preset on, <laughs> it, it literally is. Yeah, like I have that. that. I could play that for you now on my computer. Um, oh. So anyway, just to, that ought to set the table, but good. Right? That's where we are. That's what we're dealing with as a culture. But I'll say it again. As a generation. Yes. During those years, which were formative in the sense that we were all 17 to 26. Yes. That is a great age to be listening to music, I would say. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Like, and uh, go ahead, go ahead. I, well, let me just thank you for setting this glorious feast <laughs> at the table. Because what you've done here, Matt, is you have made it essentially undeniable that the way generally we, I'm speaking uh, about we millennials, the way that we think about uh, indie folk, stomp, clap, hey music today Hmm. versus the way we experienced it, the way we lived it at the time and the Hmm. way we felt at that time, (laughs) there is, there is a disturbing gulf between the two. And (laughs) I think we must address it. Yes. I mean, I'm sure that's what you were building to. That's the entree here, right? Yes. Well, and and it is, absolutely. But you are exactly right. And that is very important to say and a great lead in because we need to look. This is, as you said, Tim, it, it, it this ought to, to function as a sort of gentle, I don't want to say warning, but a, a cautionary <laughs> hand against your chest as we move forward. Yeah. Um, because. We were all listening to this, and, yes. it, and it really was, I'll, just, I'll say this too, it really was whether we liked it or not, because, yeah. because, Tim, this is, I think this is important for kind of how it came to be and how it blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask for your theories, I'll just tell you what happened. Um, <laughs> car commercials. Oh, 
bro, and insurance commercials. And and every commercial. Here's Man. Go <sighs> ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I just to just to say that Philip Phillips, God bless him. I mean, he must be living large at this moment. Because I think it's time to home, pursue our dreams. Was it home? Yeah, that's the one you're thinking of. Because it took him like 15 minutes to license his big single, Home, to American Family Insurance. Brilliant. (laughs) It was brilliant, and it was everywhere. I mean, yes, that maybe that was the shift. We realized that we were just being sold cars. Well, look. With this stuff. I mean, I I am inclined to agree, as usual. Um, But yeah, like, here's, this is some inside baseball coming from a real musician. Oh, good. Great. Tim, do you know, when when we're talking about music, do you know what a sync is? I do, but I want you to explain it to the army. Okay. It's very important for our understanding of, of indie, of indie folk, I guess, and, and Mm -hmm. what it was and what it is. Um, a sync is basically getting a song placed on some sort of commercial or TV show or film, right? Sure. It's, it's a big deal if an artist can get something like this because uh, the company licenses this song and they pay you, I mean, depending on the size of the company, they will pay you a whole wagon load of cash sure, to, sure. to do this. Um, and yes, like that uh, home, the Philip Phillips song was ubiquitous. It was, it felt like it was everywhere. And then a lot of other songs that were a lot like this also yeah. felt like they were everywhere because here's what's important this kind of music this uplifting rousing <laughs> exciting sing-alongable <laughs> memorable music is exactly what advertisers and companies want for yes. for their ads I, I feel like you just read me adjectives from requests from advertisers well, listen, you know, Tim, I'm seeking uplifting sing-alongable <laughs> etc yes Tim, uh i will reveal a bit more about my own life i mm-hmm. get briefs like those i have sure. i know the terms because they're in my email inbox right now people look for this stuff they they wherever they can find it yeah. they if it's if it's four on the floor um driving beat yep. r- uplifting chorus right that gets people excited um Uh you're not going to sell a toyota if you're playing one of uh billy eilish's uh album tracks no that's right right that's right that puts you in the mood to shop i mean it does and and i will just lampshade this i think that is part of what soured our memory of it but like this you're right i know i actually so another another tune tim that i'll mention is um Best Day of My Life by American <sighs> Authors. Yep. This is gonna be the best day of my life. This one, Tim, I know, I wouldn't say I'm friends with, but I am acquaintances with two of the, the fellows who wrote that song. Mm. Shep and Aaron. Great guys. And I was chatting loving with this, them. Loving this insider. I was chatting with junk. them, and they were talking about you know how hard the music industry is. I mean, they're they're in their fifties, I think, by now. Yeah. Um, but talented guys. But they they were they were just bemoaning the state of mm-hmm. the of music and the industry these days. But they said to me, they said, it just takes one song. It just takes one song, and mm-hmm. theirs was. Best day of my life because that song, Tim, that aired during the Super Bowl. Of course it did. That that set them up for ever, basically. You know, the I feel I again, Matt, you probably know this better than me, but just as a consumer, as a person going to Target on the weekends, I think the shopping music aesthetic has shifted. But for a long time there, yeah, that music takes on this old navy flavor like mm. i you just want to try on some new chinos when you're listening to this stuff 
And no, that's exactly right. I'm going to I'm going to posit that I don't think that is the music's fault. Well, right. I no, think it's not. That's the association that was built around it. Yeah, and I think I I don't know the timeline, man, but whether it was Home by Philip Phillips or something a little earlier or or whatever, just the the vibe that was created. Matt, listen. Hey, I'll pull back the curtain too. I work in marketing. I uh, the undeniable vibe of hearing that guitar and those hand claps and foot stomps and stuff while you're being sold a product. I think it was kind of new when they did it with Philip Phillips. It was. And I think it was so damn successful that everybody jumped on that train and totally co-opted the sound of indie folk. And so yeah, it's it's not the music's fault. I guess it is uh, ask Don Draper whose fault it is. I don't know. <laughs> it, it works though. Yes, it and it worked really well for a while. But Tim, now we are here. Mm-hmm. Now uh that particular fad has gone by the wayside. We wrung it dry. That's right. And now we're all in our late 20s to mid 30s. Yeah. And we look back on that it seems with, yeah. with disgust. Yes. Okay. Yes, with deep deep hatred. Let's let's talk. <laughs> let's figure this out. Okay. Well, I do think you answered it to some extent. Like I I think it became cringe essentially when it was picked up by the admin, right? Yes. Um, I don't think that's the whole story. I agree. I want to look at that tweet again, Matt, from 2021, mm-hmm. when someone very sharply posted a picture of a guy in his suspenders with his well-groomed beard, uh, you know, just looking, looking so much like Marcus Mumford did uh, in the Sigh No More era. And just, and you know, they said, everybody remember this sort of music? Man, that sucked. Like, mm-hmm. it was so, it was sort of a an own that everybody could get on board with. Yes. And not to say that Twitter defines, you know, all of human discourse or anything. But I kind of think that energy was, got a, a little bit of an electric jolt mm-hmm. from that tweet and things like it yes where we were all we all had permission now to look back at that and um you know kind of and and mock it to view it as like gosh i can't believe we ever thought this was cool bro buddy that's exactly what i think that's exactly what i think like it it is hard we know you know the internet isn't real life whatever Mm -hmm. but I mean, such as it is, yes, it is. Yeah, uh, and that tweet captured, I think, something that everybody was kind of quietly feeling. At the yes, time. yes, and and they and they so we we I'm going to say we uh, as a generation needed permission to look back on that and um, decide that we were cooler than it. Yes, exactly, because of course we are now. And what could we have ever seen in that? And it's like when your mom goes through her old photo albums and you, it's like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe my hair was that big. I can't sure. believe people were dressing like this, right? Uh-huh. So that's uh-huh. that happens um, kind of all the time. Yeah. Time passes, right? Okay, but Matt. Yes. When we described this episode as a warning, as a cautionary mm-hmm. tale, we weren't... Listen, everybody. We are not warning, and I think I speak for you, Matt, but I don't think that you and I are warning that this cringe music is coming back. I am warning you all not to tilt yourself too far in this direction. Do not let yourself become an anti-folk reactionary. Bingo. When Noah Khan blows up even bigger than he has. Bingo. Don't let this happen to yourself. Ah, Tim, that's we are singing singing the same heart song right now, buddy. <laughs> that's exactly what the warning is, right? We are not like this is not 
a too cool podcast, of course, no. where we're going to say, wow, well, batten down the hatches because someone is going to invite you to a, a Twilight uh, the movie-themed <laughs> wedding, right? Like, maybe, right. hopefully, that'd be fun. Yeah, but, it would. But, no, this is, a, this is not about... It's more about you. It's That's more right. about us than <laughs> it is the tunes here, because the tunes are a catalyst. Yes. And they're, they always have been, always will be, in, in every possible way for every generation. But where we are now... Because, Tim... I am going to go so far as to say that the defining sound of the millennial generation is indie folk. You're right, and yes, you should say it. Absolutely. Yes, more more so than pop punk, more so than Katy Perry, Kesha, Sugar Pop, like this... Sure. And and again, like this is I'm not even saying this was all to our taste back then, although it was to a lot of ours. I'm mm-hmm. saying we we were sold this constantly. It yes. was the soundtrack, like it or not, to our lives. And now there is, I think, a real danger yes. in reacting too strongly against what is to come. I'm remembering I promise to forget you now. Because, Tim, I, I mean, I almost don't like talking in too firm of terms about generations, right? Because, oh, like, yeah. they're not discrete uh, Yeah, there things. are not hard, hard date lines where you're, yes, one or the right. other or whatever. Absolutely. Right. However... But, buddy, not to finish your sandwich here, but... Go ahead. You and I are not in the ascendant generation anymore. That's right. You know? That's when right. Mumford and Sons came on the scene, we were, and we decided, as a group, all of us somehow, that it was re- that that was cool. Yes, and it, be- <laughs> and it became our music. It, it's it is the millennial genre, bro. I I agree with you totally. The last thing that we need that we want to do as millennials is turn into the kids these days people. Oh, let us. Let us not do that. That's... Please. Buddy, that's... Look, yes, that's the danger, and that's the danger of every generation. Mm -hmm. But, like, we are skirting dangerously close to, to knowing, to consciously and publicly being aware of our fading youth and our fading glory days, right? Yeah, like it's I a think, sensitive time. Absolutely. Yes, it very much is. <laughs> but we we are there. I'm I yeah. I'm sorry to say it, but now that's where we are. And and I I'll also say here, while we're talking about millennials, yeah. Uh generations have different characteristics sort of, right? Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, sure. Broadly speaking, yes. Right. <laughs> Millennials, I'm going to say themselves because I'm not gonna, I, I'm not in this. Millennials <laughs> hate themselves. <laughs> Listen here. They hate themselves and they're very content with and proud of hating themselves. That's sure. almost a defining characteristic, <sighs> even if it's not real. Bloody. And it's often not. It's 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 with the rise yeah, of social media, it's performative, often. Self-deprecating. Absolutely right. self-deprecating. And Ironic. Yes, exactly. And so when we look back at something that we used to think was great, it's very, very easy for us to simply shoot our past selves right in the head and say, <laughs> like, you know, you look back and, and, and it's it's so... There's there's no qualms at all about doing that because it's it's we've been sort of publicly yeah. hating ourselves for a very yes. long time. This is and easy. It's, yeah, it's easy, and we do it under the guise of it. Uh, you know, look at how enlightened we are. You know, look at how aware of ourselves we are. Yes, yes, right? and that's that's where you know the the pride comes in. But mm-hmm. but what I. I don't want to take this too far, buddy. But my concern in seeing this um, and kind of seeing how it looks like it's 
going to play out if we're not careful, if we don't heed our warning here, mm-hmm. is we're going to look like we're finally reckoning with our mortality, right? Like we're finally <laughs> scared of aging. Buddy, yeah. a couple weeks no, ago, absolutely. a couple weeks ago on Twitter, the trend, one of the trends was from a prompt that interestingly came from Instagram. Okay. And sure. this this prompt was as simple as show us a picture of yourself when you were 21. Mm-hmm. And every 35-year-old <laughs> on Twitter and probably Instagram, I don't know, yeah. shared a picture of themselves when they were 21 in the Halcyon days. Yes. That's uh how how soon hath time? The subtle thief of youth, stolen on his wing my three-and-twentieth year. That's from John Milton. How soon hath time? He has stolen on his wing our youth. We are aware of this, at least subconsciously, clearly. Yeah. And and we are. And like you said, Tim, we are not the ascendant generation. Every generation must reckon with this harsh reality. That's right. Now's the time. Like we have to. Uh, my guiding hand on your shoulder <laughs> slipped off a while ago, man. So just let her rip. Just let me cook. No, I mean that's that's basically that's where I land on this, right? And and all to set us up here. Mm-hmm. For I guess the warning. Yeah, it's a, it's made it's one of our first big tests, I think, coming up. Yeah. Don't take yourself so seriously. Noah Khan is a big deal. Mm-hmm. He's going to and he's going to probably be a bigger deal. That's right. And he's going to usher in a wave of Gen Z suspender bros. <laughs> Even if they're not wearing suspenders, you were Doesn't going matter. to be hearing more banjo. We are. We on are. your playlist on the radio. You're going to. It's coming and you're going to feel that instinct to say LMAO. It's this nonsense again. I, we hate ourselves. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, the, well, we're going to say this sucked back then yes. and it sucks right now. We're going to, right, we're going to lie. It's revisionist history. Careful. Yeah. Right. And, and we're going to sound like, you know, our grandparents felt when they saw Elvis shake his hips. <laughs> like, we got to just let, we just got to chill and let, let the kids do what they want. That's right. It's not respectfully. It is. It is our time for something else. To everything, Buddy, there is a season, right? <laughs> it's our time to pull up the rocking chair, pour something into that mason jar, <laughs> kick your feet back, and watch the kids play on the lawn. Sure, whatever game they want to play. That's fine. Just let it happen. That's fine. It's fine. Because it's fine. because uh, it's good. Even uh, yes, it it is it is good. Because I need to say, we haven't really talked about the tunes themselves much. And I think it's important just to mention, this stuff has always been fine to Mm -hmm. pretty darn good. Right? Like, I mean, it's it's simple. I get it. it. It was overplayed to the point where you could play my favorite song a million times and I'd get sick of it. Fair enough. But again, it's not the music's fault. It's not the artist's fault that everybody loved it so much. No, it's not. Or or that that they got paid millions of dollars to keep doing it. That's exactly it. Right. And sure, it does. It's very time capsule-y now. Yes. Like like we said. So much so. That short list of like 13 songs... It is singular music. It is its own little thing mm-hmm. that was a big, big, big thing at yes. the time. Yes. And yeah, is sort of preserved in amber a little bit. It you look back at it and it's like, huh. This is we this is what we were doing at that time. Yes, and it was fine to have done it then. Mm-hmm. And if your tastes have changed as you've matured, that's fine. But like I look back at this, Tim, and I and I, you know, listen to I mean the tunes we're talking about yeah. and I 
I'm like, huh, pretty good. I, I see why I liked it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. not lie to ourselves. Let's just be, let's, let's be adults about all of this. Yes. It's good that Noah Khan is doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's a solid tunesmith. And, yeah. and he's, I mean, he's very savvy. He's getting Post Malone and Sam Fender and people all, all over his stuff. He's got my, he's got my girl Lizzie McAlpine on. That's it too, right, bro. He's he's yeah. a smooth operator. He's a sharp operator. Um, let him do that. We That's right. this this isn't for us. Um, you can enjoy it if you like to. That's great. Um, but it, it's probably best if you just ignore it. Yeah, if you need to ignore it, ignore it. Don't sound off on it because, <laughs> frankly, Tim, you and I have said everything there that needs to be said. That's it. About this. Thank you. Thank you for preparing us for the challenge that lies ahead. Together, I believe we can triumph. Ear Buddies will continue in a moment. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Cars. Ka-chow, Matt. <laughs> Ka-chow indeed, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. Any Ear Buddies Army member might ask himself or herself or themselves, what, uh, what are we doing here, gang? Why are we having a 2006 Disney film sponsor the show? I have a few answers, Matt. One, Please. they reached out. I, we we take all comers, yeah. as we've said. Yeah, come on. Turning no one down. Two, I'm glad they came because I have watched this film as the father of a two-year-old so many times, and I have a lot to say about it. Wow, okay, serendipity. Once again, the universe uh, is in sync with exactly <laughs> what we want. That's so beautiful. Exactly. It's just destiny. Nothing manifest about it. It's just happening to us. And, uh, Matt, as I said, ka Let me also add get her done. <laughs> Listen, everybody. Pull up a chair. Too often in this world we settle into conventional wisdom into a sort of mass consensus about pop culture Mm. items and you know as well as anyone how we as the adult millennial public view the film cars the answer is with disdain Tim, we say, uh, oh, it's like the first bad Pixar movie. Yeah, I've heard that. We say, oh, it's just it's the most blatant, you know, commercial vehicle for action figures and toys. To which I say, ever heard of Toy Story, gang? Anyway, <laughs> don't get me started. I just, I just would I think Matt, you know, we have done uh, a number of times in the past on our show a segment called Rehab Clinic where we uh, take a second look at something that has been cast off by society and say, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. And so as a parent who has watched Cars upwards of 30 times, I would like to say to all of you listening, hang on a minute. Have you watched Cars lately? Have you ever watched Cars? And if you have, have you watched it since 2006? If not, Matt, I think, uh, I think it would be, well, hoove us <laughs> to, uh, to talk through this film. Well, look, Tim, I would love to do that, but I need to put all my cards on the table here because would you please? This is we're doing vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> we are, we are, we are. Are we? Is that is that true? I um, think so. So, Tim, I, unlike you, am not a parent, but like Mm -hmm. you, 
I am a big fan of the movie Cars. I have... I, I, this will be hard to believe for you, perhaps, but you know that I'm your buddy and won't lie to you, especially not on mic. No. I've watched that probably, I don't know, a, two dozen times in mm, the last okay. in the last year. <laughs> I have. It is it is a bit of a comfort film for me. Is because, that true? Yes. No, it is. Yes. I'm telling you, yeah, I wouldn't lie. I oh, because buddy. here's the thing with with My a buddy. a comfort anything you sort of familiarize yourself so much with its rhythms its that, grooves yes that, that <laughs> like the grooves of a tire I don't know why I didn't have any special affinity for it before mm. this period of my and life not, and you're not a car guy no either. oh absolutely not but I'm a cars guy <laughs> I am a cars guy and so I'm. I'm with you here. We're in lockstep. You don't need to explain this to me, but I would like to help everybody else. Thank you. Come to the correct conclusion on this. <sighs> okay, this is good. Let's let's set the table for everybody. Let's re, you know refresh you if you had forgotten. Owen Wilson stars as Lightning McQueen, the race car, the hot rod, the gorgeous red vehicle. The hotshot rookie who has taken the, you know, the Piston Cup circuit by storm. He's in his last race of the season. And if he wins, Matt, he'll be the first ever rookie to win the Piston Cup. That's the opening of this film. The stakes are immediately sky high. It's it's brilliant. Tim, yeah, like you said, to start in media res in that way, (laughs) like the stakes could not be higher there's no no, there's no real table setting there's no real (laughs) it's just like in the action bang there you go off he goes there's cheryl crow playing in the soundtrack it's like a needle drop of like it's a song that maybe was written for the film it's unbelievable here's the thing matt lightning is arrogant and he doesn't respect his pit crew the workers who help him race he decides he doesn't need to go into the pit stop like everybody else. He blows two tires on the last lap, and it's a dead heat tie between Strip Weathers, Chick Hicks, and Lightning McQueen. Meaning they have to do a three-way race off, uh, one more race, just the three of them, in a week in California across the country. Unprecedented. It right. I, I mean, I can't walk you through the whole plot. It is just an ad break. But needless to say, he ends up in a charming small town on Route 66. That's right. Right on Route 66. <sighs> Radiator Springs, where he meets a bunch of goofball cars, including, of course, Mater, uh, played by Larry the Cable Guy. A star turn by Larry. Oh, by Mr. Best cable work, Guy. By far, yes. <laughs> He falls in love with a car named Sally, a Porsche. He meets Tony Shalhoub as a, a hilarious Italian little uh, little Fiat. Uh, Cheech is there. George Carlin is there. It's a it's a it's a riotous cast. It's a tour de force. <laughs> it is. And what happens, Matt? Lightning gets there. He hates these people. He thinks they're a bunch of hicks. He calls it Hillbilly Hell in a G-rated Pixar film. Hmm. Incredible. Uh, he accidentally tears up the road. Uh, he's sentenced to community service. He has to fix the road. Uh, Doc Hudson is an old man, grumpy car, who's telling Lightning what to do. He's, he's sort of the judge and the jury in this community. We learn that Doc is a former race car. Three Piston Cups to his name. Oh. He teaches Lightning some life lessons. Lightning goes on a on a just-around-the-river-bend sort of uh, uh, paint-with-all-the-colors-of-the-wind road trip with Sally and discovers the beauty of America. Ultimately, Matt, this is a film that detests Dwight D. Eisenhower's uh, <laughs> U.S. interstate 
expansion of Buddy. the 1950s. <laughs> because what happened? Because they, they built the interstate, everybody bypassed Radiator Springs, and it's a ghost town now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's an anti-capitalist screed, essentially. It's, say, it's saying it's time to reject modernity, reject uh, this corner cutting that we all try to do yes. in, in order to save time, which, of course, is money. I mean, what a what a message! It's it's almost luddite in its rejection <laughs> of modernity. It's it's remarkable. And to, <laughs> look, I think us millennials, forgive me. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about millennials, have we ever? Uh, I think that this film, the way we feel about it, is mm-hmm. not its fault. It is, once again, <laughs> our fault. Because there's... there. I mean, the, the message here, the moral, uh, mm-hmm. could not be more clear. Right. It really could not. The moral is slow down. <laughs> yes. Stop and smell the roses. Check out Route 66. Don't... Get your kicks. <laughs> That's right. And, and yet, we uh, say no thank you. Why? Because they're cars who can talk? We've seen this before. Why right. is th- this is not this is not Why new. do we I'm watching this movie, Matt, and I say there's nothing wrong with this. This is a 10 out of 10. It's hilarious. They've got some pretty good, you know, innuendo jokes for the adults. Yeah, right, which we love from Pixar, which of course. Which we love exactly. Uh Lightning learns to care about other people. He develops empathy. He he slows down. Mm-hmm. He makes it to that race ultimately, and he loses deliberately because Strip the King Weathers is thrown, uh, hurling through the air by Chick Hicks. The car is smashed up in the middle of the grass, and he's not going to be able to finish the race. And Lightning says, No, this cannot stand. There are some things more important than a piston cup. <sighs> He stops right at the right at the checkered flag. He stops on a dime, and he goes in reverse, and he pushes Strip Weathers across the finish line. Chick gets first. It's an empty victory. Mm. This Strip uh, Weathers takes second place, and and Lightning McQueen takes third place, and he's happy about it. He oh buddy, look, I don't. I know this is an I, ad break. Uh, I don't want to start talking about Carson Wentz right now. But you see the parallels. <laughs> I do. I know you. We all see the parallels. But look, is that not is that not a hero's journey? I uh, mean, it is. You've got the Iliad, the Odyssey, <laughs> and Cars. I don't know what it is that prevents people like us. I suppose uh, people of a certain age. Mm-hmm. to reject this film out of hand because it is clean as a whistle. Yeah. They they were doing animation uh, things that essentially just could not be done before. Seems, so a technical seems, triumph. It's crazy, right. And now we are fine uh, putting it in the dustbin of history as with so many things. But... Buddy, I I mean, here's here's what I'll say. Please. And this, I wish that this was a joke that I had written on my own, but you know how much we care about intellectual property rights here That's at your right. buddies. Of course. A good friend of mine once said, once I saw cars, I started seeing them everywhere. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> wish that had been me, but it was not. It was someone funnier. That's uh, good. And I I think about that because, <laughs> well, look, a good film will open your eyes. That's right. And <laughs> and this one really, I mean, it's about moral uh, virtue. It's about, <laughs> if I'm going to, I'll it's, say it, it's about masculine will in a lot is. of ways. This right? is my Walden. Buddy. 
It's so special. I. It's, it's just so special to me. Tim, I know. I could watch this movie uninterrupted, phones away, everything, every night for the rest of my life. I honestly feel the same way. Tim, and look, let's let's not... Uh, <laughs> Let's not uh, dismiss the artistic, emotional impact of this either, because I think, like, I know you know what I'm talking about, but there's a scene <laughs> where they sort of do a drone shot, such as it is, yes. <laughs> of, of what Route 66 was. Oh, my Lord. Right? You see the James American... James Taylor singing over it, buddy, yes. Uh, it's the American West. It's... <sighs> Industry and nature collaborating. Oh, Matt. Is yes, it not? Route, Route 66 did not cut through the land. That's right. <laughs> it, no. It weaved with the land. It, it did. Uh, it was like a river. And then you see the overlay, the gosh. fade into the highways and byways and multi-levels, oh. straight lines. As, Saving every minute you yes, can. Yes, just as the crow flies so that we can get there three minutes earlier. And <sighs> the cars are rightfully upset about this, and they, they hope that we will also be upset about this. And we are. We are. We absolutely we are. are. We're, we're saying, how can we help? What can we <laughs> yes. do? Yes. I mean, not nothing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to know. I mean, Eisenhower, man, you said it. Dude, that guy... <laughs> He ruined America. He ruined America. He ruined, he ruined Americana. That's that's right. Because Radiator Springs, that oh. is, I mean, the 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 design, it's, the thought that went into that town, that uh, is Americana. It is. Uh, yes, it's it's worth fighting for at all costs, as all the cars living there understood. Yes. <sighs> I'm so, I'm so glad Pixar and Disney reached out. Yes, because me too. It's a big get, obviously. Every time Disney comes knocking, we are <laughs> wide open. But That's this right. one is special, I know. I mean, I, I, I knew already, but I can feel it now. <laughs> and it's just... And also, you know what? I'll yeah. say one final thing. Go ahead. The tunes. Dude, listen. Life is a highway. Oh, boy. That Rascal Flatts did to that tune what Luke Combs did for Fast Car. <laughs> you're, so, you're, you're so right. Oh, and they play a good two and a half minutes of that song. Yes, they just straight. let it roll. They just it's let a, it roll. It's a rollicking cross-country montage, beauty shots, as only Pixar could do in 2006. As Rascal and the gang are just flattening us. <laughs> it's crazy. And you got Randy Newman doing the score. Yes. It's it's, uh, it's divine. It sounds it's just oh, it's a beautiful film. Yes, it is and it it what it needs to do is inspire all of us to remember okay, I'll do it. To remember it. who we are, to remember where we come from, mm. to remember our dreams to remember that getting to the finish line first that's that's not it's not the point no it's, it's not going to make you happy stop and smell the roses that's right take a take a long winding drive it winds from chicago to la more than 2000 miles all the way get your kicks on route 66 it's cars Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Matt, it's time to do a segment that, gosh, we don't do very often, but I have it written down here as something we've done before. Um, I'm listening. It's called Where Are They Now? Oh, okay. I'm on board. I'm game. It's a segment, I guess, in which we... Check in on somebody from back then and see how they're doing right now. And who better to uh, revisit Matt in this very passionate episode that we've had than Marcus Mumford, the 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 banjo man, 
<laughs> I don't think he even plays the banjo. <laughs> well, sure, but you know what I mean. I but mean, I know what the, you mean. Spiritually, he's the banjo man. He's, he's the guy to blame, sort of, yes. Right. He Yeah, he had the vision, you know? Uh, and he brought indie folk to all of us. He's the reason that everybody heard that Philip Phillips song when they were shopping at, uh, at Macy's or whatever. So, Marcus Mumford, Matt, he he's had sort of a sort of a, a shocking. You know, you would think, and you wouldn't um, be surprised, I guess, to learn uh, that a guy like Marcus, after that sort of like. Well, like we said, you know, this huge impact, this deep crater that he essentially created in the earth, that that would be it for him, right? Like, that's the only trick up his sleeve, mm-hmm. and off off he goes into insignificance, right? Yes. That is simply not the case for Marcus. I'd like to hear more about this, um, and I'm speaking as the audience here, because I think I do know what he's up to and been up to, but yeah, we did, we lost track of this guy. We mm-hmm. really did. We did. Uh, so, you know, he um, he was featured in a Coen Brothers film. How about that? Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, yes. That seems appropriate for him. His Right. Yeah, you know, uh, folk music. His, his tunes were in it. I don't think he appeared as a guy, but his voice was in the movie a lot. If I had wings, I know it's I'd fly the river to the one I love Oh, fare thee well, my honey, fare thee well Uh, you know, Mumford and Sons had, you know, one and a half albums that everybody really cared about, Mm -hmm. but they kept doing it. They released their third album, Wilder Mind, in 2015, and, heck, a fourth album in 2018. Hmm. Called Delta. Hmm. Uh, but he, some other sort of uh, surprising things about Marcus. Do you know that in 2012 he married Carrie Mulligan? I did know that. Hmm. Yeah, it just is goes it? to show. <laughs> Doesn't it? Matt, Matt, isn't Carrie Mulligan beautiful? She. <laughs> She is. You don't have. You don't have to answer. <laughs> no, she really is. <laughs> he released a self-titled album in 2022, but probably my favorite um, appearance of Marcus over in, in the in the post Mumford and Sons era has to be when I flipped on Ted Lasso, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I heard that theme song. And I heard, yeah! <laughs> That's right. It's effective. Said, it's memorable. I said, hold on. Is that Marcus Mumford? Well, it certainly is. And, and wouldn't you know it, he composed the whole score for that show. I think he did a fine job. <laughs> Don't you? I do actually. It's kind of it good. Yeah, it's yeah. It's uh, it's no Johnny Greenwood or Trent Reznor, but it's pretty sure. Good. I don't know how exact. I don't know you know the TikTok of how that shook out. How he ended up getting a, a television scoring deal, but he made the most of it. He certainly featured himself in a very nice way in that opening theme. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you got a voice like that that everybody knows, just what do you just do? You flaunt it, kick it off, just do Own it. it. Yeah, let her rip, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so all of this to say, Marcus is doing great. Where is Marcus Mumford now? Uh, wherever he wants to be, I'm sure. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a beautiful wife. Um, he's got he's got kids probably at, at his I'm age. Sure. Why would you not? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Three children. Great. A family man uh, to top it all off. That's right. Not bad for a 37-year-old from Yorba Linda, California. (laughs) He's from California? 
<laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Where does that accent come from? All I'm telling you is what I'm seeing here. He was born in Yorba Linda, California. We don't have time. Um, <laughs> he's a dual citizen. All okay. Right? Gosh, he's, that he's is... He's a lot like Ted Lasso in that way. That's very funny. Oh, they moved back to the UK when he was six months old. That makes a lot more sense. Thank God I read that. Okay. Thank, you. Thank God you shared it with everyone else, because I was just going to leave it there. Oh, boy. All right. Talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy. Yeah!